everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and on today's episode, I am chatting with Kathleen of Radiant Human Design, all about, you guessed it, human design. Kathleen is a human design specialist, as well as a yoga instructor, Reiki master, and a musician. We love to see it. So she loves sharing the ideas behind human design and feels that it is incredible self-discovery tool and I couldn't agree more. I'm really excited to bring this modality to you guys so that you can learn more about yourselves. She uses her knowledge and experience of the human design system to help others recognize and release limiting beliefs so they can show up as the truest, most authentic versions of who they are. So before we dive in, you guys can get your human design chart so that you're following along. So if you haven't gotten your chart yet, then you can literally just Google like human design chart and a bunch of free charts will pop up and you can get it. Um, Or you can go to Kathleen's website, radianthumandesign.com and right at the top you'll see it says get my chart so you can click there and it links to mybodygraph.com so a bunch of different ways you can go about it but at the end of the day just if you literally just google human design chart or if you type in mybodygraph.com it'll give you the option to get your chart you can get it totally for free so you shouldn't have to pay but you're just going to put in your birthday information, your birth time information, location, and it's going to pull out a chart for you. And this is going to be really helpful to have as we're going along, just so that you can see what type you are, what other aspects that we're talking about of your chart you have or don't have, and therefore how you can follow along and get the most out of this episode. So I highly recommend pausing for a second. We're going to give you another chance in the episode too, but if you want to just pause for a second now and... um pull it up. That would be fabulous. So I'm really excited to dive in. This is our second episode in our sort of personal development series that we're doing on the podcast. And I can't wait uh, for this for you to listen. And I really, really want you guys to share on Instagram what you think, because this is how we connect. This is how we grow. This is how we really start to get to know ourselves and other people. So I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts your takeaways, and um, anything else that really came through to you from this episode. One more thing I'm going to mention really quickly before we dive in is that if you follow me on Instagram or you're on my email list, you already know that this. If you don't, what are you doing? Go follow me. Go join my email list. Uh, Follow me at Katie Zaccardi on Instagram and DM me if you want to join my email list. I'll send you a link. But I just announced that we are doing a business retreat in Paris for musicians, music industry coaches, and music teachers. we I'm hosting a business retreat while I'm over in Paris in the month of September. Yes, I'm going to Paris for the full month of September. And while I'm there on September 25th, I'm going to be hosting a retreat. Quarter four planning, 2022 planning. We're going to talk business strategy. We're going to have a mindset breakthrough session. We're going to eat a nice Parisian lunch. We are going to do it up in Paris and it's going to be amazing. So if you're interested in coming to this one day live retreat happening in Paris, France, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Again, that's at Katie Zaccardi. Message me if you want to come. We'll talk. Just make sure it's a good fit. I'll give you the rest of the information, get all your questions answered, and we will go from there. And I can't wait to see you in Paris. It's going to be a very, very small, intimate group, but an absolutely amazing experience. Okay, so I'm going to leave it at that. So your calls to actions are Message me right now if you are interested in the Paris retreat. 
Then, make sure you're following me on Instagram. Then, pull up your human design chart, get ready, get settled, and let's go. Hey, Kathleen, and welcome to the LTB podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to dive in today because we're talking about human design and this is something I've been really interested in and I just think that this along with astrology and everything else we've been talking about and are going to talk about uh, in our little personal development series we're doing on the podcast is so fascinating and such a great way to discover ourselves a little bit more. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into human design? Yeah, so I'm Kathleen. I wear many hats. I am a a yoga instructor. I also am a musician, a songwriter, and put out music into the world. And I love to travel. Anytime I can spend time in the ocean, I feel really grounded and connected to myself. And I've kind of constantly been seeking that feeling forever and always sort of felt disconnected from mainstream society in a way where I knew the traditional path wasn't for me. I started off as a school teacher in a middle school and right out of college, I got the job. So I I went to school, got a degree, got a job, got another degree. And I was realizing that this wasn't for me. And I was slowly becoming more and more miserable in my everyday existence. And I thought there has to be a better way. So without a solid plan in place, I just quit teaching. And I had already had my yoga teaching certification. So I was like, okay, I'll do this in the meantime. This will sustain me until I figure out the next step. And as I entered more into the yoga world and took that on more as a full-time position, I dove deeper into the self-discovery process. And within that journey, I found human design and it kind of was everything I already knew. It just put language to how I was feeling. So it, it was some external validation, which I don't think we need, but at least in the beginning phases of our self-discovery process, it can be extremely helpful. Absolutely. So it's really interesting because your story is so similar to mine, like kind of different order, but I also like I graduated school for music business and it took me so long to find a job. And I was like, let me just get my yoga teacher certification in the meantime while I'm figuring stuff out just like you. And then I did get a job and was working in music publishing, but became really burnt out, like unsatisfied and wanted to go deeper into the like personal development journey. And interestingly, I find that a lot of people who are music teachers or or online music coaches and sort of this new wave that's coming in, a lot of them come to being a music industry coach or, or going online with what they're doing because of the very similar realization of like, I'm really stressed or I'm feeling like I want to learn more about myself. And with that tends to come like entrepreneurship or just the desire to have a little bit more control. And I think that so many people don't fit within this nine to five construct, whether they're a musician or they're like, they want to make a business for themselves because they just can't deal with like, being boxed in of like, here's how you're supposed to show up for work. And here's when you're supposed to work. And here's how you're supposed to work. And so I just feel like that's a trend in the music industry in general, and in the coaching industry as well. And then of course, in the bridge between those. So I'm really, really looking forward to hearing how human design can kind of help inform us and learn, help us learn more about ourselves to figure out how we best work or how we best show up in the world. Cause it's all so important to what we do uh, in the business world as well. 
Yes, absolutely. And so if whoever is listening is new to human design, I just always want to start off with the fact that these wisdoms have existed almost forever, right? And human design itself is a relatively new concept, but all the modalities that come together and synthesize human design have been around as ancient wisdoms of sorts. So it's the Jewish Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, quantum physics, astrology, and the Hindu chakra system that form human design. So you can find out information individually on each one of those concepts, but coming, bringing it all together is what creates human design. And also human design is really meant to be empowering. There are people that come to human design at first, and some of the languaging can sound kind of restricting or limiting. So it's really a sort of take what you need, take what resonates and leave what you don't situation. It's meant to be empowering. And if you haven't found your chart yet, I suggest you can go to my website. It's radiancehumandesign.com. Click on get your chart. You'll enter in all of your birth information and it can be helpful to look through your chart as we have this conversation. Yeah. So we're going to use my chart as a reference point while also just going through the basics. So definitely pause this if you need to pull up your chart because it's really helpful to be able to look and see, you know, do I have this? Do I not? Um, and listen really closely to see like what is in your chart and what we're talking about. <laughs> so you can figure out what matters to you. Yeah, um, but absolutely. I think listening in general is helpful too, because then you can understand other people. You know, it's not all about you. It's also about being able to understand other people. And, you know, I feel like I attract a lot of projectors. We'll get into that in a second. So it's really fascinating to, um, to know yourself and others. That being said, give us like the basic overview on a very basic level, what is human design? And then maybe we can go into the, the four, five, four or five types. How many are there? Five. Five. Okay. So human design is essentially using your birth information to create an energetic blueprint of your soul or explaining your energetic DNA. And it's a self-discovery tool that allows you to get back to your most authentic self. So the idea is that when you were born, you were born the truest version of who you were, right? You showed up exactly how you wanted to show up. You only had your own ideas, beliefs of what was right and what was wrong. But over time, you started to become influenced by people around you, by society. You know, the media will tell you one way to look or how to dress. Your teachers will tell you what's good and what's bad. Your parents or caretakers can influence the decisions that you make or the journey that you take. Um, and you start to take on all these beliefs, these concepts that aren't actually meant for you, and you get pulled further and further away from the truest version of who you're meant to be. So that's essentially what human design does, is it takes a look at how you're meant to show up in this world, what is energetically correct for you, and it can uncover some of those beliefs that you're holding on to that you're actually better off letting go of. Ooh, I didn't actually know that last part about the beliefs, so that's going to be really interesting. Um, so I think probably the easiest place to start is by going over the five types, because I know that's yeah. what most people, if you know anything about human design, you probably know that, or you might know your type. And if not, that's definitely like the big thing you can grasp <laughs> first. So can you walk us through what the five types are? Absolutely. So there's five different energy types and your energy type you can find when you enter in your birth info to the right of your chart, it will say energy type, and then it will list you're either a generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifester, or reflector. And while your energy type is the most basic foundational piece of your human design puzzle, everything sort of gets filtered through it. So it is important to understand the specifics within your energy type. We'll start with ma manifesting generators and generators because they're 
kind of connected in a way. Mm -hmm. Generators and manifesting generators, just as the name suggests, are here to generate energy. They create energy by doing what they love. And the idea is that the more you do what you love, the more energy you create, not only for yourself to use, but also for the other energy types that don't make or create their own energy. So for manifesting generators and generators, you can think of someone who really loves what they do. They are really connected to their work, they're passionate about their interests, and they can wake up, do that all day long, nonstop. And then all of a sudden the day is over and they're kind of in this flow state. So that's the ultimate goal of the generator and the manifesting generator. On the flip side of that, when they're sort of forced to do what they don't want to do, even the simplest task can be extremely draining and can take hours to accomplish. That's why these two energy types, the manifesting generators and the generators really want to learn how to set boundaries and how to say no to things that don't actually excite them or things they're not actually interested in. So there is kind of this belief with the manifesting generator and generator that they don't really, they really don't want to let people down. And they can see that concept of only doing what you want to do as selfish in a way, but really it's win-win because you create more energy. You get to share your excitement and your light with the world. And in turn, other people absorb that and take it as their own and get to tap into that light and that energy. I'm a manifesting generator myself, so I definitely resonate a lot with that. And I feel like a lot of people who are musicians will too, because if you are a musician and a manifester or, uh, excuse me, a generator or a manifesting generator, it's like you're the one who's getting on stage. You're the one who's like making it happen. And coach is the same. It's like you're the one who's sort of following your path. It's not the path that everyone's taking. It's you doing what you really love to do. So that really, really clicks for me. And it even feels like, you know, some days I'll wake up and be like, I want to just clean my whole house from head to toe. And it feels so good. And then other days I'll be like, you cannot force me to pick up a fork. I will like murder you with this fork if you try to tell me to clean. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know I mean? <laughs> One more thing that I was going to mention is... It really doesn't matter what you're doing, right? It could be cleaning your room. It could be getting on stage. It could be serving as a coach. It could be educating as a teacher or a yoga instructor. As long as you are in love with it, then that's all you need to focus on. It could be parenting, right? It could be listening to a friend. It's, it's not so much the career or the end result. It's just how you feel when you're doing it. Yeah. Now for manifesting generators, since they're and I'm not being biased just because I am one. I'm asking specifically because they're kind of a combination of two types. So I've heard people say, like, if you're a manifesting generator, anything that people put out, you know, tips or, or ways that generators operate, like, you can also apply that to you. Is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. But there is a difference between the two because you are a combination of right. generator and manifester. And there are some things in your chart that can indicate whether you're more generator or more manifester. Oh, interesting. So can you explain the difference between a generator, manifesting generator versus manifester? How does that difference sort of differentiate itself? Yeah, well, the, the difference between being a generator and a manifesting generator is that manifesting generators move very quickly. They can actually start projects 
take away what they need to take away, learn what they need to learn, and then stop midway through because they've already gained everything they need from that experience. So manifesting generators often find this relief that they don't have to see things through to the end. And that might be a belief that they're holding on to, right? Finish what you start. That's not actually true for manifesting generators. When you feel like you've gained everything you've needed to, you can stop midway and take on something else from there. So it's definitely a permission slip in a sense. Manifesting generators often find they have a lot of unfinished projects or unfinished business lying around the house. They also have these urges and you wanna act on these urges. They're kind of like desires and it's the way that your higher power, spirit, God, however you wanna think of it, the universe communicates with you and you're meant to act on those urges based on how they feel in your body. There is this element of patience related to the manifesting generator because you'll get that quick urge, but you do have to pause and think about whether or not this is really something you're meant to take on. And we can talk about that in a second. Um, the one thing about manifesting generators is that because they move so quickly, they're often multi-talented, multi-passionate. They can multitask a lot, which for you, I think is really interesting, right? You're a musician, but you also are interested in self-care and you host a podcast Yeah. and somehow have made them all cohesive, right? Yeah. Um, from the outside world, people might think, how do you have all these different interests or hobbies or career paths and then bring them together, even though in some ways they're totally unrelated and you are able to do that. That makes sense. So what about a manifester? Is is a manifester the kind of person who just like they think of something and then it happens and they call it in and it's super easy or is there more to it? Because that's what I think of where I'm like, dang it, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So the languaging is not as simple as you think it would be. So it's not like I'm a manifester. I can manifest everything into reality. The terms are the same, right? But they kind of hold different meaning, meanings. And manifestors are here to get things started. So they're really here to sort of rally energy. Whereas a manifesting generator and a generator are here to generate energy. The manifestors are here to get things started and get things moving. And they do that by acting on those urges. So much like a manifesting generator gets an urge, manifestors get an urge, but they can act on it immediately. They don't really have to wait for anything or any sort of clarity from anyone or even themselves. They just get the desire and they do it. So they're really here to do what they love. Interesting. Yeah. And manifesting gen or sorry, manifestors work in creative bursts, kind of pulses. So a, a manifester might work on a project for two weeks straight and then take two weeks off, or they might work really hard for a couple of hours, take the rest of the day off or two days on two days off. Just in whenever you feel that urge, whenever you feel that burst as a manifester, that's your cue to get going. Whereas a generator and a manifesting generator can kind of work and go all day long, as long as they're doing something that they want to be doing. That makes a lot of sense. So these three types seem to go closely together because they kind of have manifesting generator like bridging them. But what about the other two? So projectors are sort of the guides here in the human design experience. And they're here to guide energy. A lot of times you'll hear them referred to as birds because it's almost as if they're sitting up in a tree and they have this bird's eye view of what's going on. And through that 
ability, they can see what's working and what's not working. So they really tweak and guide energy, whereas the other two types create or rally energy. Projectors are really good at having a unique way of seeing something. And this can be anything. It can be any sort of viewpoint or system that they really connect closely to. I always like to use my example of my friend who's, who is a musician. She's an incredible songwriter and she's a projector and she helps people finish their songs. So people come to her with a song idea and they say, I'm kind of stuck, don't really know what to go, where to go, what to do. And she'll say, okay, great, let's take a look at it. This is really strong. Let's try shifting this. Have you ever considered adding this? Maybe we take this away. And she helps guide people from point A of their song all the way through the finish line. That is so funny because I have a client who like does the exact same thing and she's also a projector. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel like I I don't know if there's anything in terms of like, oh, this type usually attracts this type, but I, as a manifesting generator, feel like I know and attract a lot of projectors and manifesting generators too, but otherwise it's a lot of projectors. Is that is there anything to that or is that just sort of maybe the field that we're in, it tends to be a lot of people who are who are these types? I would say that oftentimes when I read charts for projectors, they're one of the energy types that have this, the biggest sigh of relief after hearing this information, because projectors aren't meant to work in the same way that generators and manifesting generators are. While those two types can work all day long and like the traditional nine to five can function for them as long as they want to be doing it, it's really not energetically correct for a projector. And they're really only meant to work a few hours a day. And that's related to guiding, right? That's related to one-on-one -on -one tweaking people's energy, help helping get them from point A to point B. Other than that, they can really take a step back the rest of the day and focus on anything else they want to focus on. So while their work is limited to a few hours a day, they have energy to do anything else they want to do. And that can be the biggest sigh of relief for projectors when they first stumble upon human design. So for projectors who do have their own business, uh, you know, whether they're like a full-time musician or maybe they are also doing some coaching or teaching, how do you recommend they they balance that? Because I imagine it's a sigh of relief, but then it's also like this pressure to feel like, I feel like just I should be doing more in my business or I should be working more or doing X, Y, Z to like move the needle forward. So how can they balance it by still working or like doing what they need to do, but also honoring their energy? Yeah, the main thing is that those few hours are meant to be working with people directly. The rest of the time they can spend on their business if it's something they feel connected to in that moment. So maybe projectors will still play music throughout the day or they'll still work on their song. So yes, that's working, but it's not necessarily guiding other people. You're not right. connecting your energy with someone else's energy, which mm -hmm. is, is what can be most draining to the projector. Right. And then also just surrounding yourself by things you want to be doing, reading books that interest you. A lot of projectors that I have read for and projectors that I know in my personal life will spend the day reading books about the topic or the path that they're focused on currently. So it's not that they're not working. It's just that they're not directly connected to someone else's energy the entire day. Gotcha. So it's more about like, if you're taking on clients or you're working with other people, don't like stack 
10 clients back to back because then you'll be super drained doing that. Yeah. And I would also say collaboration can be really helpful for a projector. If you have the ability to work with someone else, you can delegate tasks to each other that one person may have more energy for or have a skill set for. And then also just listen to your body. We push ourselves so hard all the time. And this goes for all the energy types. But when projectors try to keep up and go, go, go all day long, while they can do it for a short amount of time, it's not going to be sustainable. And that's where it leads to burnout or fatigue. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what about our last type here? So reflectors are the last type. They are the least common type in human design and their name, as their name suggests, they reflect energy. So they really are almost like a blank canvas. They can show up in an environment or around a group of people and they will absorb or take on the energies of the people around them. So the idea is that reflectors know exactly how a situation is going or how an environment is doing based on how they're feeling. If they enter a workspace, for example, and they feel really good, chances are the business is running well, people feel validated, people feel like they're contributing and that they are valued. If they enter a workspace and they feel drained and fatigued or just frustrated, it's likely that the people working there also feel the same way and changes need to be made. Reflectors are hypersensitive and society often tells us that we shouldn't be sensitive, right? Stop crying, just get over it. But this, the superpower of the reflector is actually their sensitivity because that's really how they connect people together and let everyone know how things are going and maybe what needs to change. So they're like the rarest kind, right? (laughs) Do you come across them often? No, not often at all. Um, they're very chameleon-like, right? So for them, it's really important that you don't label or define a reflector because their interests are going to shift depending on who they're around. Their identity is going to shift depending on who they're around. And that's totally okay. Society tells us pick a lane and stick to it. That's not energetically correct for a reflector. So do you think that reflectors like, is it that they need to set up more boundaries so that they don't get stuck in like negative patterns or negative people or is it more like nah it's okay if you do that you just need to kind of go with the flow of what's around you like how how would a reflector balance that boundaries are super important for a reflector i always say curate your environment really pay attention to how you feel and if you're in a space that doesn't make you feel good you should probably leave so really pay attention to the people you're around and i know there's that phrase that we're the sum total of the eight people we spend our time with yeah that's a great statement for a reflector so if you're around people who make you feel good they're they keep you excited they're positive people and they make you want to show up every single day then go for it but if they're if you're around people who are draining or negative or don't get you excited about life then you probably shouldn't spend a lot of time with them yeah When it comes to all of the types, is there anything that we can learn or look at in terms of staying creative? Like, do they, do they operate creative, creatively in different ways? So that is a good time to look at your own individual chart. Um, I will say creativity can oftentimes be conflicted with productivity, right? 
Yeah. And it's really important to sort of separate the two. And I would say with all of these energy types, just allow yourself to be creative without putting a lot of stress or pressure on it. Um, the manifesting generator and generator can kind of be creative all day long. The manifester will feel that creativity and urges or pulses and the reflector will feel it depending on who they're around. The projector will have a limited time throughout the day to share that creativity with other people. But if you look at your chart, the very top triangle facing upwards is what we call the crown center. And that's the center, the energy center for inspiration, for creativity. Mm. Yours is colored in, and that's what we call defined in human design. And when your crown is colored in, it means that you have consistent creativity or consistent inspiration. So you might find a very specific way to tap into your creativity. Maybe that's meditating. Maybe it's listening to someone else's music. Maybe it's putting on a podcast, Yeah. but, but you're the kind of person that can be sitting at home and just get that hit for creativity and want to get going. Yeah. If that you're can confirm, <laughs> yeah. if the crown is undefined, if it's not colored in, you have more inconsistent ways to tap into that creativity or that inspiration. So if you are at home and you're just feeling totally uninspired, totally feeling this lack of creativity, go out into the world, maybe go to an art museum, go to a concert, or just connect with someone else's energy through listening to a podcast or reading a book about the topic. And then when that inspiration hits when that when those ideas come in that's when you can take action on it that's really really fascinating so I love first of all I love that you made the distinction of like creativity versus productivity because I think that's really important uh especially for for um people who have it sort of in their charts or in their nature to go with the flow more and just kind of like go as the energy is leading you it can feel like you have to force yourself to sit down and write a song. And I feel like a lot of it, people give that advice of like, in order to do something, just make it a habit and do it even when you don't want to do it, which can be helpful. But maybe if your type or, you know, you're, um, you're not defined in this way, like it won't actually serve you to do that. It'll just frustrate you more. So I feel like knowing this information can be a really big game changer for people. Exactly. And honestly, that's my favorite thing about human design is that, all it does is recognize that we're different we're unique individuals. And just because it works for you doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. And I think it's important to share what works for you because then the right people can connect to it and take it away and integrate it into their life. But forcing yourself to do something just because it works for someone else isn't going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Now, Speaking of productivity, is there one of these triangles, squares, or parts of our chart that, that does indicate productivity? Or is that more in our type, in our strategy? How does that play in? So if you're looking at productivity from a work standpoint, like to, to get to work, to like put your head down and get going, that's all integrated into the energy type. Um, all energy types though need to rest and reset and recharge. So yeah. really listen to your body for that. But there is an energy center directly related to willpower and motivation. And that's what we call the ego, the heart center, sometimes the will center. And if you're looking at your chart, it's the tiniest triangle towards the middle right of your chart. 
you'll see the numbers 40, 26, 51, and 21 if you're looking there. What's interesting about this one is if it's colored in, if it's defined, you have pretty consistent willpower. You have pretty consistent motivation. So if you want to do it, you can show up and you can do it. Now, if that if you're not feeling that access to the willpower, that probably means you're not meant to do it. So, so you'll want to go back into your energy type to figure out how you best make decisions, which we can also talk about. But if this is not colored in, if it's undefined, you have inconsistent access to your willpower or your motivation, which means some days you wake up and it's there. And some days you wake up and it's not there. And that's totally okay. And there's a lot of information out there about like, create your own motivation, like get yourself motivated. And while that can be beneficial, you can also burn yourself out doing that. Yeah. And then also, I'm not sure if you found this, especially related to music or working in a creative field, it's not fun. Yeah. And when it's not fun, what type of content are you putting out? 100%. I tell my clients all of the time, anytime they come to me and they're like, I just can't get myself to do this or I just feel really stuck here. I'm like, the why... Why is this not happening? It's either not happening because you don't feel aligned with it or because it's not fun. It feels frustrating. You feel resistant. So like, how can we make it easier or how can we make it fun? And those two questions usually help to sort of solve the problem, so to say, or to at least get clarity on like, nothing will help this. I just like simply do not want to do this thing point blank. <laughs> but oftentimes if you ask like, how can I make this more fun? It helps to change the perspective and sort of create that motivation, but not in a like forcing yourself super rigid, just hustle through kind of way. Yes, absolutely. I remember on your last podcast, you had mentioned like visualize the future of, of how this feels if you say yes and you go for it. Yeah. And then visualize the future of how this feels when you say no and you don't do it. And is there this sort of sense of relief in your body when you say no? Yeah. That is so intuitively human design or your intuition, right? You're a physical reaction in your body telling you, yes, go for it or no, don't. And that's another main component of human design is like, get back into your body, get back into your emotions and leave the mind out of it. Because if you're saying, I should do this, I have to do this, I need to do this, you're making decisions from your mind, which are probably based off of beliefs that don't actually belong to you. Yes. Uh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have, there's so many other parts to this. I really only have one other question that I'm dying to ask you. And then I kind of want to let you just take over and walk through the other really important parts that we can touch on. But my question for you is I've heard, I, I guess it's a theory or maybe everyone knows it, I'm not sure. But when I've heard people talk about it, it's sort of like, here's what some people say about this in terms of how to manifest as a specific manifester, or I think pe sometimes people say non-specific or abstract manifester. Um, using your human design chart. And I believe that it's like one of the arrows pointing a certain way tells you which way you manifest. Yes. Um, okay. Can you explain this? Because let me tell you, I, I, over the last, particularly in 2021, but over the last year in general, have just had like 
um, I've been going through such a big process of figuring out how I best manifest and how I best work with myself and with I with what I want. And I find that when I set really specific goals, which feels like it's very much in my nature. I, I don't know if it's as a mani- manifesting generator. I'm a Virgo rising too. We'll talk about astrology coming soon. But like, I'm very structured. I'm very like, I I want this thing. The inspiration striking. The ideas are hitting. The plan is here. This is what I want by this time. You know, I want to hit this launch goal or I want this money goal. And when I get really specific, I tend to get attached. And then it it's very hard to actually see through that manifestation in like a flowing nature while letting go of attachment. So I've really been trying to figure out like how do I best manifest and how can I approach this in a way that feels good and actually like manifest things. (laughs) So can can you talk to us about this? (laughs) Absolutely. I think what you said though is extremely important and can be applied to any of the energy types or anyone really like set your goal, make sure that it's really something that you want. And if it is set the goal, hold on to it, but allow it to shift and change over time. Cause sometimes in the present moment, we don't even see what's ahead. We don't even know what's coming. And if we're so attached to the goal we've created, we may be missing out on other things that are meant for us. But related to like specific manifestation and non-specific manifestation, that's a relatively new concept in human design. When I work with clients and when I read charts, I find that people manifest the most when they're listening to their energy type and when they're listening to their body. But going into like the specifics, non-specifics, if you look at your chart, there's four arrows at the top. Some of them are pointing to the left. Some of them are pointing to the right. Related to manifestation, or related to creating a very specific strategy in life around business or relationships, whatever you want to look at, you're going to focus on the right side and it's the bottom arrow. So your bottom right arrow is either facing right or facing left. If your arrow faces left, that means you're meant to get specific on things. So whether that's manifestation, right? If you want to call in a specific career. You can get very, very detailed about what that career looks like, how much you're making, where it is. You might even say at this business or at this job or with these people. Right. If you have the arrow facing to the left, a business strategy can be really helpful for you. So you want a very detailed plan. Mm. If you're facing to the right, you want to be more open-ended and it's really all about how it makes you feel. So if you're calling something in, let's go back to the job, for example, focus more on how the job feels to you. So does it give me freedom? Does it let me rest as much as I need to rest? Am I financially stable? Those are more broad and more basic. And that way you're creating space or you're opening up to receiving something that you might not even be aware of in the moment. So that's been a huge game changer for me because I am a non-specific manifester and I've always attempted to manifest in a very specific way with the exception of one time. Well, probably a couple times, but one time since I've started to like actively manifest, you know, I think I've manifested things in the past, but since like really getting into a spiritual practice and sort of like sitting down to journal and sitting down to manifest and things, there was only one thing that I manifested and it was my dog. 
<laughs> because I was like, I I got specific. I was like, I want a black poodle or poodle mix because I'm allergic to dogs. And that's it. Like, I originally said I wanted a female dog, but I was basically like, I just want, like, a black poodle or poodle mix. And I don't, you know, I had an idea of size, but it was flexible. I had an idea that I wanted, you know, male or, or female versus male, but it was flexible. And I didn't care where it came from. I didn't, like, know where I would get it. I didn't have a specific breed necessarily, you know, what kind of mix or whatever. But then I was do I was taking action. Like, I was applying to all of the shelters and everything, like, I was reaching out, um, and then he just basically, like, fell in my lap, where someone who I knew, another musician friend of mine, posted her puppy, and I was like, where did you get him? And she was like, he, there's one more left in his litter. Like, he was, like, literally, like, a puppy, like, just out of the womb. <laughs> and <laughs> she was like, there's one left in his litter, here's the contact info, and then I got my dog. And he's a boy. Yes. And he's like 10 pounds. And I thought that I wanted a girl. I thought I wanted him to be bigger. It was fine. But like, that was one of those things where like, I had no time attachment. And I was specific, but not overly specific. And I like, looking back and see that manifest manifestation happening so clearly. But with so much other stuff, especially around business, I think it's really common certainly for me and I'd imagine for many other people to be like, you know, I want to hit this income goal or I want to hit this launch goal or I want to get this many clients because you want to hit specific business goals and you want to get that momentum and you kind of want it in a time frame of this year or this quarter or this month. And I know that when I do that and I focus only and specifically on the what and not like the feeling or why I want it it usually does not happen <laughs> not yeah. the way I set out for it to happen at least <laughs> absolutely and I think we just learn lose sight of the journey and the idea that the process of creation is meant to be enjoyable and as long as it resonates with us as long as it's something that we want to be doing then we can share it with the world and kind of release any expectations and you know obviously we need to get paid we need to survive within this society so goals are great but i also always encourage anyone that i work with to celebrate even the small wins right yeah. It's not an easy thing to go out at something on your own. It's not an easy thing to go against the grain of society. And regardless of whether or not you hit those goals or regardless of whether or not you have your manifestations come in the exact way you wanted them to celebrate yourself, be proud of yourself for putting yourself out there and taking steps into creating a life that you love. I think current manifestation some of it, not all of it, because there's some wonderful stuff out there, but current manifestation makes us think we can sit on our couch and eat chips while yeah. we're calling in all of these things into our life. And that's not actually true. Yeah. It's like, think it and it'll magically appear, but that's not actually quite how it works. Yeah. It'd be nice <laughs> if it did though. Yeah. Well, I think the world would be a whole lot different if that's how I worked. Yeah. Like if it was just a genie in a bottle, but um, yeah. unfortunately that's not the case. Now you mentioned that with a lot of your clients, it often goes back to the type in terms of how they manifest too. So is there anything that we didn't mention yet already? Um, just looking at your type and how that can inform how you best manifest or, or tips for manifesting? Yeah. So each human design type has what we call a strategy and that's how the universe, God, higher power spirit sends opportunities into your life. 
And for manifesting generators and generators, you're meant to wait to respond. And what this means is that a lot of opportunities, a lot of situations will be put on your path. And then you respond with a yes or no, depending on how it feels in your body. So it is a physical gut reaction for generators you're, and manifesting generators. You're going to feel it in your gut, in your sacral center. It can be like a, you sit up a little taller. You might laugh a little bit. You might feel those excited butterflies in your stomach. Um, when it's a no, it could be like a sinking sensation in your gut or I go, ugh. I, I go, ugh. no, thank you. Are you a manifesting and generator? I'm a generator, but manifest, but I have a lot of energy that almost makes me a manifesting <laughs> generator. And I should mention too, that this is an experience, right? When I'm in your energy, I absorb the definition in your chart and vice versa. So talking to you, I feel a lot like a manifesting generator because certain parts in my chart are activated. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but manifesting generators do have a really big vocal component to that of like a, ugh, or like, Ooh, things like that because yeah. their throat is defined. So wait to see how it feels in your body. Again, you're not making decisions from your mind. And anytime you hear your voice say, Oh, I have to do this because it makes other people happy, or I need to do this because it makes me X amount of dollars, bring it back into your body. Let the answer come from the physical sensation. Projectors are meant to wait for the invitation, but you'll, you'll hear this now as create the invitation. So people need to invite you to share your natural gifts, your natural way of seeing things. They need to ask for your assistance to help guide them. And that makes sense, right? You can't just force your knowledge on people when they're not ready for it. Um, but you do have to put yourself out there, right? You have to let people know that this is what you're offering. So start the website, put up the page, make the post, write the newsletter. So then people know like, okay, Katie's offering this. When I'm ready for it, I know exactly where to find her if you were a projector, right? Right, right. Uh, manifestors are the only type that don't have to wait for anything. They just feel the urge and they go for it but they need to keep other people informed on what they're up to. So they move very quickly and it can feel kind of chaotic to people around them. So all they have to say is like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Maybe you want to come along. Um, you'll hear the train conductor analogy a lot for manifestors, which is they're, they're driving the train and rather than plowing through every single station to the end destination, they stop at each platform, get on the loudspeaker and say, Hey, this is Kathleen. This is what I'm offering. This is where I'm going. And then people get to decide whether they get on the train or whether they wait for another one. And that just ensures that the right people are around you. And then reflectors are highly connected to the moon. So they tap into the moon energy, which is pretty esoteric, but they get clarity on making decisions within a 20 day, 28 day lunar cycle. Oh, wow. I would yeah. be so impatient. Oh my goodness. <laughs> to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That that's cool though. That is really cool that they're connected to the moon. Um so what I'm hearing for most types is put yourself out there and then the way in which it might happen from there is going to vary slightly, but like you still like it's not like projectors just sit back and and wait for life to happen to you. It's like still take action, still let people know what you're doing. 
Um, but instead of necessarily like going out and forcing it on people, you're going to allow people to come to you. Is that accurate? Yeah. And I think too, like put yourself out there in a way that feels good. Okay. But if you're afraid, that's not going to always feel good in your body, but you shouldn't let fear hold you back. So fear plus excitement is the green light. It's like, yes, I'm scared, but I'm also very excited. And if you're waiting for that fear to fade, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to, it might not ever fade completely, but fear plus excitement means do it anyway. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And especially as musicians, as coaches, as people who have something to offer that comes from them to share with others or teach others or guide others through, this is like a very common role to be, to have where you would feel resistance to putting yourself out there. Like, I feel, just feel like, especially with artists, it's so common to be like, I could promote others, but I can't promote myself. Or, you know, I'm just, I feel uncomfortable sharing about my coaching because I don't want people to think I'm like annoying or pushy or salesy. When in reality, it's, it's none of those things. That's obviously something separate to work through as well, but it, you still have to put yourself out there. Like you can't just say, oh, I'm an artist and then never share your work and expect to have a music career. And you can't never share that you have spots open for clients and expect to get clients if nobody has any clue what you're doing. Absolutely. (laughs) Which seems like common sense, but we still need to say it, I feel. (laughs) Yeah, it's an important reminder. Definitely. Does the inner authority correlate at all with your type or your strategy? um, Or is that somewhat separate? Like you had mentioned that manifestors will feel things sort of in their gut. I know that I have my inner authority as emotional solar plexus. So how do those play into it? So they are related to energy type, but also they aren't related to energy type. So if we take your chart, for example, you're a manifesting generator, your inner authority is your emotional solar plexus. So for you, you really want to make decisions when you're at an emotional neutral, when you feel calm and collected. And then once you feel calm and collected, since you're a manifesting generator, you take it to your gut and see how it feels in your body. But if you're in an emotional high and you try to take that to your gut, your emotions are gonna override your gut reaction. So say someone offers you a job and you're in an emotional high already, you're gonna be like, yes, this is the best job ever. Of course I wanna do it, let's go, where do I sign up? But a few days later you look back and you're like, wait a second, this are not, these are not the hours that I want. The I don't wanna be working with this type of, with the, this type of, music or these type of people. Yeah. Um, I don't make the money that I want to be making. This job isn't for me, but because you made the decision in an emotional high, you kind of overlooked all of that. <laughs> if you're in an emotional low and you're, you're like in a bad mood, things just don't feel right. And someone offers you a job. You're gonna be like, no, d- get it out of my face. But a few days later, you look back and you're like, wait a second, this would have been the perfect job for me. So it's important to find an emotional neutral before you make decisions, but you're always as a manifesting generator going to take it into your gut to get that clarity. That is so interesting and very, that very spot on. I really resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah, Especially as a business owner, like I find that sometimes going through launches or just going through periods where I'm redefining things or reworking things, it is really important for me to like get grounded before moving forward. And sometimes it requires a day of 
nothing. Like a day for me to just like be upset or distraught or frustrated or confused or whatever and to just take that and then use my tools and come back and then move forward from there. But I often, as you said earlier, manifesting generators move really fast. I definitely feel an inclination always to be moving fast, but I also know that like, it, let's say something goes wrong in my launch and then I'm like, oh, I need to fix this immediately and I need to figure out what I'm going to do and what my next step is and why this went wrong and like all of that floods in at, at once. But nothing good comes from it unless I just like let myself feel that and then recover and then move on. Because <laughs> if I try yes. to move on from that place, it's just like disaster zone. And I take that energy and I continue to like um, feed into that energy instead of letting that pass. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And making any decision from that frantic state is not a good idea. So anytime you have an emotional authority or a solar plexus authority, the term like, let me sleep on it, let me get back to you can be extremely helpful because you are meant to be less spontaneous in your decision-making. So if it takes you three days to answer an email, it takes you three days to answer the email. And then there's the like very spiritual aspect of that which is divine timing. You know, if you wait those three days, maybe that was the perfect time for the other person to receive that email. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly too, now that you say it it in that way, I also feel like this applies just in the very little things. Like I could get a text from one of my friends being like, hey, do you wanna go out to dinner at this place on this night? And like when I get the text, I could be like, ugh. I don't want to do that. I don't want to think about that. I don't, but I will wait. Like, I'll just wait. And then like, (laughs) I'll just get this random burst of like, yes, I want to do that. Or like, I don't want to do exactly that, but I know what I do want to do. And so I'll text them back with that or something. You know what I mean? Which is so random and silly. And I always thought it was so weird (laughs) that especially recently, I'll like, I never was the person who would avoid text before, but sometimes now I do wait to to let myself, because usually if I have a response that's like, oh, fuck no, that's not actually my response. But I need to like let myself figure out what my response actually is before responding. And that time is crucial. And so that you're not just like appeasing people, but you're actually doing something that does feel good to you. So I, I can't yeah. even explain to you how much that resonates with me. <laughs> it's actually insane. It's funny you should say that too, because manifesting generators specifically, I just wrote this blog about how to support a manifesting generator and it's don't hold them to plans, let them change plans, let them cancel plans. If you try to invite them to something two months in advance, don't make them answer you in that moment, like revisit it closer to the date of the event. At the same time, I also feel like, and maybe this is more of a generator thing, I don't know, but I also feel like sometimes if we, if there is a plan that's made that I feel really good about and that I've agreed to, and then somebody does try to change it and I'm not on board for that, I'll get really agitated and even flustered sometimes. And that's a little like type A kind of energy, but does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, looking at your chart and this is, this is going into more like human design 2.0. There's what we call gates and and channels in human design. And the gates are like those half little lines, either black or red coming out of your chart. Yeah. And those represent consistent themes that you're going to experience throughout your life. And one of the main themes for you is all about timing and ritual and 
also that you want a, a consistent routine. So if your routine is thrown off and granted your routine can be different day to day, but if your planned routine, like if your planned structure is thrown off, it can feel very jarring to you. Where do you see that? Can other people see that in their charts? There's a couple of places to look, um, for you it's in your sacral center. So it's in this, the center square at the bottom of the chart and it's the five that's coming out of here. Um, the gates get very complicated and specific. So if you want to learn more about your gates, I suggest getting a book about human design. I have courses on my website as well, or do the research on your own. You can Google all of this information. It'll come up or get a reading, whatever feels good to you. Yeah. And then also the arrows in the top left of your chart are, are facing the left, which means you have, you want consistent structure and you want consistent routine in a way that feels good to you. That is super interesting. So if it's facing the other way, does that mean that people are a little bit more flexible? What does that mean? So I have both of, actually have all of my arrows facing the other way. And I like things open-ended, you know, I want to wake up in the morning and have my day open to do what I want to do. I don't like every day to be the same. I like things to be exciting and different. Um, and, and that's kind of what captures my energy or focus, right? Um, so the arrows play a role in, in determining whether you like the structure, whether you don't like the structure, whether routine feels really good for you if you or if you like more inconsistency. Also, my most favorite part about human design are the profiles and the profiles are essentially a personality archetype. And that can tell you a lot about how you're meant to interact with other people, which for you, those having those um, plans in place are important to you, which is actually part of your profile. So my profile is four, six. Four, six, yeah. Yeah, I have no clue what that means, but. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay, so what are the profiles? What What does this mean? It, is All there right. a list of numbers somewhere we can look up? <laughs> yes, so there are 12 different profiles in the human design system, but it's a combination of six numbers and each six, each number represents something different. So you are the four and the six profile. Okay. The four is the first number in your profile, which means this is how you see yourself. You're very conscious of this. The six is more how other people see you. It's more unconscious. And the four is all about your connections. It's all about your important relationships within your life. So a lot of your opportunities come from the connections that you make with people. You really want to pay attention to or dedicate time and energy to the people that are close to you. Mm -hmm. And cultivating closeness, whether it's through a friendship or a baseline connection is important. So for you, I think it's really interesting that you have a podcast, right? Because you can talk about these things in an intimate setting yeah, and, and create the connection that way. Um, but the four doesn't really like change. Change is hard for the four. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my mom if she agrees, she will say yes. <laughs> the thing with the four is that 
if you are making change, you usually like something else lined up in the meantime. So if you're going to change relationships, you want prospects on the horizon, or if you're going to change careers, you kind of want to have an idea of where you're going before you take that leap of faith. And the uncertainty of the in-between is really scary. Yep. That adds up. (laughs) So that, yeah, that's spot on for me. So that basically is like, more about you and your inner relationships and how you see yourself, right? That's what you said? Yes, but then the second half of your profile for for you that's the 6 is kind of how the other how other people see you. And the 6 is really interesting because we're getting deep into human design today. Um the first 30ish years of your life you function as a 3 and the 3 is all about trial and error. You go out into the world and you learn by doing it, by having those hands-on experiences and it's basically failing over and over and over again until you figure out how it works. And the main thing with the three is that you reframe the way you look at mistakes and the way you look at failures, because we're so hard on ourselves to get things right and perfect all the time. That's not going to happen for a three. And if it does, that means you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not experiencing. So anytime you can reframe the way you view your failure or mistakes, the better off you'll be like, yes, that was challenging. That kind of sucked, but look at all of the things that I learned because of it. Yeah. And then, so the three can be very much like riding the roller coaster of life. Question. You're very, yeah. How many numbers are there? So there's six numbers, but 12 different profile combinations. Okay. Um, you can learn about each line specifically or figure out your unique profile to see how the two come together. Okay. Where can we go to read about that? Because I'm sure since there are so many combinations, we can't go into all of those in depth here. It would be too much. <laughs> yeah. I have lots of information on my website, radianthumandesign.com, or you can do a quick Google search of your profile. Okay. So my second question was going to be, if I'm six and like my first 30 years is as a three, if somebody's a three, are their first 30 years as a three or are their first 30 years as like a one? That's a great question. Nope. It's a three. You're a three through and through, which is my, my profile. I'm a a three, five. So that trial and error process of life is going to be with me to the end. And I can tell you, I definitely experience life that way. And I've embraced it to the way where it's actually funny to me now. Like if something goes wrong or doesn't go as planned, I can laugh about it and just say, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, There is a challenge element to it. But again, as long as you can embrace the failure as growth and evolution and transformation, then you can find some lightness to it. Well, that definitely feels appropriate for the, the period of life I'm in right now. And I guess in the next four years or so, I will evolve to the next stage of uh, my sickness. What does that include? So the six, you start to settle down a little. There's this period of introspection with the six as you transform out of the three into the six. So you kind of take everything that you learn through the trial and error and turn it into wisdom. So you're doing a lot of healing from the past, a lot of letting go, a lot of reframing the things that have happened to you or the things that you've experienced. And then from there, you step into what we call the role model and you just show up, you live a life that's authentic to you, that feels really good to you. And by showing up as the truest, most authentic form of yourself, 
you are a role model to other people and you can encourage other people to do the same. What's so fascinating about that to me is that I feel like in, I'm 25, so I turned 26 later this year. I've, I feel like I've already tried to encompass encompass the later stages of that six in my life now even though it is definitely more three oriented where it's like I'm learning I'm making mistakes as I go but I'm also still like showing people what's happening and like trying to live authentically so I'm very curious what's going to change and like how it's going to evolve um as I go through my life so stay tuned everybody we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah I think too we're, we as a collective are in such a spiritual up level yeah. that waiting to step into the role model phase of yourself may not take as long as it once did because mm -hmm. we're on a totally different path and a totally different trajectory than we were even 10 years ago yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so this was so juicy. Thank you so much for oh diving goodness. into this today. Is there anything else that we, we didn't go over or that you want to mention before we wrap up in terms of really being able to understand ourselves and use this information in our human design chart to show up as our best selves creatively in our businesses and, and really just be able to um, feel as aligned as we can? Yeah, I, it's, I guess it's worth mentioning again make this empowering for you. If it resonates, great. If it doesn't, there are so many ways to connect to yourself that doesn't involve human design. If you're new to human design, start with your energy type, learn all about that, focus on that for a month or two. And then if you want to dive deeper, take it step-by-step step. profile is a great thing to learn about next. You can focus on all of the energy centers, which are the shapes in your chart and then get into the gates and channels. If you try to dive in all at once, it's going to be extremely overwhelming because there is so much information within your unique design. Yeah. That's such good advice. And I know even for me, I've done like a, we did a couple guest trainings on it. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts and I'm now only at the point where I want to do more about the gates because it was a lot to learn just with the basics at first. So, yeah. um, so this is a great start. Now I know you have a lot of offers and ways that people can learn more about it. So tell us how we can learn from you, um, get a reading, connect with you, all that stuff. All of my information is on my website, Radiant Human Design, or you can find me on Instagram at Radiant Human Design. Just started a TikTok channel, so I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Oh, uh -huh. love to see it. <laughs> so, there's a lot of content on there. And then, yeah, if you want a reading, there's a link to book there. You can also do sort of a DIY reading and take it at your own pace. And uh, there's master classes on my website about energy type, about profile, energy centers, all of that. Well, I know I'm going to be checking all of that out because I want to keep learning more about my human design chart. And I hope that you do too. Make sure that you go follow Kathleen um, everywhere. Screenshot this episode. Screenshot your chart. Let us know what your type is and what your big takeaway from this episode was. And we can't wait to hear from you. Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.